This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Matthew Macklin over Zoom. Matt, first and foremost, how are you keeping? I'm good, Andy. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good myself. I'm good myself. Obviously, it's good to catch up. Um, it's been a few weeks now since, obviously, fight camp came to an end. How, how have you found, kind of, a chance to look back on the, that month? I thought it was a brilliant month. I thought we got some great fights. Um, really did. I think it exceeded expectations. It was great to get back watching some, you know, live boxing. Uh, and like I said, I think it, um, it lived up to everyone's hopes uh, and exceeded all expectations. We had some really, really great fights. Um, I mean, the Taylor Pursuit fight was another battle. Uh, Natasha Jones, Terry Harper was a great fight. We had a few draws, didn't we? We had a couple of very, very close fights that could have gone either way. Um, you know, just a, just a brilliant, brilliant series. And, uh, you know, well done to everyone you know, match room and we put it together. It was great. Have you have you kind of had any time to look back and watch any of you, the fights, which I know you were commentating on them, but did you have a chance to watch them back? So I watched the white, the pay-per-view card on the Wednesday night. It was shown on Sky on Wednesday evening. So I watched it back then. What did you make of it? Anything different that you could see in there then from what you could see on fight night? Yeah, I mean, on the night of the fight, I had the Katie Taylor fight five rounds apiece. I had it a draw. But um, watching it back, uh, I thought, no, I thought she definitely won it. I thought she definitely won six of the rounds. Um, I think Taylor Pursuit was a lot of aggression and she threw a lot. And she was landing. It wasn't ineffective aggression, but she missed a lot. Katie Taylor was slipping and sliding, just, but only just. So from you know, 20 metres back, she was very aggressive and she, did, she would snap the head back occasionally, but she missed with a lot as well. I think Katie Taylor's upper body movement was very good on the inside where she was, you know, not slipping the shots by miles, but just slipping and sliding them. And she was definitely landing the better shots. And when I, I actually scored it back on the Wednesday evening, I had Taylor winning six rounds to four. So um, that was different. Um, but other than that, I think pretty much, you know, how we called it on the night. Um, obviously, moving forwards now and on to the next kind of lot of boxing shows just started to be announced from today by Matchroom. Um, start from the top and we'll work through Matt. Buwati Kalich, obviously excited Joshua Buwati back in the ring, what must feel like forever, to be fair. What should we expect to see from Joshua? It's obviously been a very long time since he last fought. Just to get him back, just to get him back winning, uh, to get busy again. Um, you know, we, we, we hope he puts on a vintage performance. That said, even if he does, you know, you've got to keep it into perspective. The guy he's fighting isn't a top-ranked guy. Um, so it should be a comfortable win for Boatze. But I suppose we want to see him winning, winning style. Um, and then just put this period of inactivity behind him and, and stay busy now, get active. And cause I think the, the likes of Joshua Boatze, I think he's not that far away from fighting for a world title. That said, I'll before he goes in against a Baturbiev or a Bival or, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe against a, a Sullivan Barrera, that type of guy, you know, he's got a, the level he's been fighting at, even a Callum Johnson, you know, Callum Johnson's fought Baturbiev, uh, you know, I'd like to see Boatze and Callum Johnson because that's a real fight. You know, these guys that Boatze has been beating, you know, they're, a, they're opponent opponents, you know, that they know they're probably going to get beaten coming in, what ambition have they got left, what experience, how proven, all these things. So, 
he's looked a million dollars, and we know he's got the amateur pedigree, but these guys he's been beating have been at a certain level. So in order for him to go into a 50-50 world title fight where it's going to be nip and tuck uh, against the likes of a Bivol and a Baserbi, you know, he'd be the underdog probably. Like to see him have an in-between level fight. So like to have him a, a, you know, a real tough test, which is closer to that level. Like I say, you know, a Sullivan Barrera, you know, really good name a few years back. Probably not quite what he was. But listen, Callum Johnson, that's a great fight. Callum Johnson, we know he had Viterbiov over. Um, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a good fighter, Callum Johnson. And listen, him, him and Boatsy, you know, that's certainly not a foregone conclusion. I think people would probably make Boatsy the favourite just because, you know, he's probably the Olympic star and he's looked so good coming through. But he's, uh, you know, Callum Johnson's certainly the more uh, seasoned of the two. He's more experienced you know, and he's he's uh, he's certainly no slouch himself. So uh, that 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 could be a great fight. In fact, you know, if I think what happened, what, what's the problem is with Boatsy? I think the problem is for for, for Eddie and, and that is it's it's probably difficult to match him now because I think guys, top kind of guys, probably don't really want to fight him. And, and you know, so I'd say they're already having to kind of quite dramatically overpay certain level of opponent to get in there with him. But if you're a top contender guy, do you really want to risk your ranking against someone that's coming up from beneath you? You, you want to fight one of the guys ahead of you. So that's that's the problem he's in at the minute. But he doesn't. I wouldn't like to see him go straight in now with with a Bivol or a Baturbo. Like, like I say, a Sullivan Barrera, a Callum Johnson. You know, a fight that's a proper fight. You know, Callum Johnson especially because you know Barrera's probably not the fighter he was, but I think Callum Johnson's in the peak of his career. Uh, so I think him. Boatsy would be a great fight, or even, you know, throw Yard into the mix. That's a more difficult fight to make, obviously. You know, he's with Frank Warren, so, you know, a few more complications in order to get that over the line. But certainly the Callum Johnson fight, I think, could be done. And title could be on the line, too. Just before we come on to, well, just before we ex expand on possible Boatsy Johnson, Boatsy Yard, just stick with kind of the opponent he's getting in the ring with. I know that it's obviously difficult times and it might be difficult to get certain opponents over on the back of this past six or seven month period with the pandemic and lockdown and what have you. But is it frustrating? Is it kind of annoying that we won't see Josh in with a tougher opponent than what we will be seeing on that fight night? It is frustrating, but like I say, I mean, apart from all the things you just mentioned with COVID and all the travel restrictions, et cetera, you know, you're also, he's that, Boatsy's in that position where, you know, he's really a shooting star, he's climbing the ranks fast. And if you're, you know, if you're a top kind of level, a top 10 guy that's waiting for your shot, you don't want to fight someone that's, you know, coming up. He's not a prospect, but he's a prospect sound the world scene. You don't want to fight that guy. You know, you'd rather fight a, an old, a more proven guy who's older, maybe on the slide a little bit, like I say, a, a Sullivan Barrera, you know, Sullivan Barrera boxed on, fought for a while, title boxed on HBO many times. He's a name in the division. You'd rather fight, if you're you're a top kind of 10 guy, you'd fight someone like him rather than someone like Boatsy, who's young, fresh, hungry. You, you don't want to fight that kind of guy. So he's, um, I, I'd say it's very difficult uh, to, to match Boatsy right now, I'd say. But the fights that he needs are probably, you know, difficult fights to match. But, you know, if, you know, I'm not sure what the, the situation is with the European title. I think it was, was it going to become vacant there at one time? But, you know, maybe that, if that was on the line, him and Callum Johnson, that'd be a great fight. 
It's something I want to touch on a bit more. Obviously, Callum Johnson, he's, Callum Johnson and Joshua Boatsy, certainly two people I've heard mentioned before for a possible fight. Whenever I go to see Joe Gallagher and the team, they always kind of talk about that. They're always up for it, but for whatever reason, we don't quite seem to have enough noise about it to maybe get the talks going on that one. If I, if M2 were to meet, how do you think that fight would actually play out, Matt? Because he's, he's a, a very interesting matchup. Oh, big time. Like I say, listen, Callum Johnson, as a professional, has been involved, has gone through scenarios in a fight that Boatsy hasn't. Not because, but Boatsy's just, you know, because he's so good and because of the level of their position, have been modest. So he's, um, you know, he's more seasoned, he's more experienced, he's been down, he's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's a great fight. But look, I think Boatsy would probably be the favourite. But I, I think the reason why it probably hasn't caught more fire in terms of publicity and people talking, they're both nice fellas, you know what I mean? They don't, you know, trash talking isn't their thing. We had them on Sky Sports News. We did the boxing show one week during lockdown. You know, we were trying to spice it up a little bit. But they're respectful of each other. They're, they're not that type of guy. They're not that, that's not their character. That's not their personality. So, you know, they're never going to trash talk each other. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, Joe Public likes to trash talking, don't they? You know, it, it does get more column inches. It does get more hits on YouTube or IFL or whatever else. You know, boxing social. If, if there's trash talk, it gets more more coverage. But they're, they're not that. They're no, neither of those guys are that are that um, are that type of person. But both top top quality fighters. Um, personally, I like both guys, so I wouldn't like to see it. But as a boxing fan, I'd love to see it. And I don't know how it goes. I think. You know, I think Boatsy would start as the favourite, but you definitely don't want to be overlooking Callum Johnson. Another name you mentioned earlier on in Anthony Yard. Uh, it's a fight which many people have, have talked about for ages. We'd love to obviously see Joshua Boatsy versus Anthony Yard. Both men have talked about it themselves. If or when that time comes when we do see it, is it a fight which needs a world title on the line, in your opinion, Matt? I mean, ideally, but I'd... I, you know, if there's, if that can't happen for whatever reason, you know, certainly British Commonwealth European title fights run the line. That'd be that'd be just, you know, not not quite as good, not quite the icing on the cake with the world title. But I'd I'd rather see the fight for the European title, British Commonwealth European title, than, than not see the fight. Do you know what I mean? I would like to see it with the world title, of course. But you know, certain, you don't want the fight to um, not happen or to maybe. They go their separate ways and it happens in a few years' time and it's kind of past its sell-by date. You know, these guys are kind of physically in their primes. Yeah, Boatsy's probably got a bit more experience this season. So I think Yard now is going to be a better fighter for that fight that he had with Kovalev. I think the probably thing that let him down the night was that he hadn't had a fight closer to that level. And I suppose if you're, in, if you're looking after Boatsy, I'd, I'd be looking at that and think, look, you know, Yard did great on the night. He had a really good go at it, but probably what left let him down a little bit was a uh, you know a fight nearer to that level. He'd gone from boxing at such a a lower level in comparison, and uh, you know he, he was just a bit short on experience. But um, you know that's why I think you know Team Boatsy will be looking at that. And I think they'll certainly want you know to, to look. First of all, he's just got to get back winning, and he's just got to get that inactivity, COVID, everything out of the way. But then I think the fight after this, you know, all going well, is Eddie's really got to kind of nail down, you know, a, a big name and, a, you know, a tough guy, a fight that's really going to 
you know, learn, uh, teach Joshua Boatze some lessons. You know, he might lose rounds, he might get hurt, whatever. You need to go through situations in a fight. Just to kind of move through that Boatze Khalid card uh, match, the Fiaz Baker, obviously, is a fight which meant to take place during uh, the, the fight camp series, and we never saw it. Now that it's going to happen, I know Kane personally, and I've, I've seen Kane, I've spoken to him, and he, he was always up for that fight, and on the back of the fight being cancelled, he certainly seems to have even more of kind of a, a fire in his belly now. What do you make of that fight? I think it's very unfortunate what happened. Um, I'm glad that it's happening now. Listen, I think it's a good fight, Kane, mate. You know, he, he, he's, he's won some, lost some kind of guy. But I think he's been he's been matched quite tough. You know, he's always been, he's gotten an opponent took short note, he's given weight away. Um so he's certainly better than his record suggests. So um, you know, Fears will have to, you know, really be up for it. And uh, you know, it'll it'll tell us a bit more about him. Going to see the return of a savage uh, Alan Babich on that card as well. Matt, are you looking forward to seeing him back in the ring? Yeah, well he's exciting, isn't he? He he, he um he looks to seek and destroy. He looks to get his guys out of there. He's not trying to bag too many uh, rounds in the bag. He's trying to knock guys out. So uh, I think he's fighting Niall Kennedy as well, isn't he? So yeah, I know Niall Kennedy. So you know that's um, you know it's a tough fight for Niall, but uh, listen, he's a proud man and a tough man, and he'll give it everything he's got. That's for sure. Obviously, there's a lot of talk around Allen possibly facing the likes of Tom Little, Nick Webb, and Dave Allen on the back of his victory of fight camp against Shondell Winters. What do you make if either of those fights were to make? Start off with, you know, Babbage versus Little. Certainly seems to be one which both men have been up for when I've spoken to them. Well, I, mean, I don't think I know many fighters that talk to talk better than Little, you know. And he's a, he's a tough man. He's not, you know, he's, he, 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 um, he wasn't quite up to it uh, against, um, oh, um, sorry, in Saudi. Madrimal. Uh, yes. But, um, but, um, you know, he, he's certainly uh, he'll give it all he's got. He's a tough guy. So, but Babbage, Babbage is. Uh, I don't know how good Babbage is, but he's um, he's definitely going to be fun to watch. What would you make of Babbage versus Dave Allen? Good fight, you know. Good fight, but Dave Allen um, gets hit. You know, Babbage going to come and stick it on him. That's you know, there's not going to be there's not. Gonna, <laughs> I can't see that one going the distance. Put it that way. Another fight, which well, another show which has been announced, obviously headlined by um, Luis Ritson versus Vasquez. Previously spoken about, previously kind of agreed. What do you make of that one now? And obviously, the unfortunate situation where we might not have fans in a gutting scenario because we know how, how good the tune support is. Yeah, disappointing. But, you know, look, we just want to see any crowd back anywhere, don't we? And just get things moving again. But what can you do? Um, you can only control the controllables, but, you know, good to see Ritson getting back. Miguel Vasquez, uh, you know, was a really was a top fighter a few years back. So, um, you know, that, that's a, a good name for him. Um, but, yeah, shame that we're not up in Newcastle. Or maybe we'll be in Newcastle, but off-site, um, behind closed doors. So, you know, disappointing, but hey-ho, what can you do? you just got to plough on. What do you make of Ritson Vasquez now, Matt? I, th I think Vasquez isn't the, the fighter he was a few years back, but I think he's a good name. He's experienced, and uh, I think he'll pose some problems to Ritson. But I think Ritson should be too young and too fresh, and should be too much for him now. 
and then obviously a Marshall Marshall versus ranking on that undercard uh, women's world title fight. Savannah Marshall being eager for that, that first crack at a world title. What should we expect to see from Savannah in her first world title bout? Well, she's a nice boxer. She's a good amateur, um, experienced. Uh, I tell you what, the women's boxing, you know, or in the fight camp series, did not step up to the plate. You know, it really did. It delivered each one. I mean, Rachel Ball, Shannon Courtney was a ding dong. You know, Katie Taylor pursuing was a ding dong. You know, Natasha Jonas and uh, Terry Harper was a great fight. Another ding dong. So, you know, it's it's, it's on fire right now. You know, it really is. So, you know, who knows? Savannah Marshall can kind of follow in the footsteps and be involved in another great fight. Happy days. Do you think there's going to be a pressure on the, the women boxers now to kind of want to deliver, deliver similar types of fights and performances that we saw through fight camp? Is it pressure? I don't know if it's pressure. It's, it's competition, isn't it? You know, I don't think it's pressure. I think it's a healthy competition. Everyone wants, you know, when someone else performs well or there's a great fight, you want to be involved in great fights. You want to perform really well. You know, you want yourself up there being talked about in the limelight. So, you know, that's healthy. You know, that's, that's a good competitiveness. Um, you know, and I think that the bar is, is being raised. You know, the, the, the standard has been high. You know, fight camp really has set the bar high. So, you know, I think now Eddie's just got to keep delivering, putting on these great shows, great matches. I think because of COVID, you know, and, and because of the li- limitation of fights, you know, it's like if you want to, if you want to sit on, if you want to like be in safe fights, then you can sit on the shelf and just wait. You're not going to be in fights, but you know, because there's a demand now for TV friendly fights, 50, 50 you know, it might work out 50, 50, but they've got to be, these have got to be 50, 50, 60, 40 competitive matches. Certainly on paper going in. However they turn out, they turn out. But, you know, like I say, it, on fight camp, we really did get some great fights. And then obviously leading into the big one, that heavyweight rematch between Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. One thing which certainly people have been speaking about today, Matt, is kind of the suspension period because of the knockdowns between, say, between... Um, so Dillian White obviously having a, a lesser suspension period given to him by the board compared to what Dex Bellman did for his recent defeat to Anthony Yarda over the weekend. I don't know whether you've seen it all, but what's kind of your thoughts on them being able to get the fight on so soon in November? Well, I haven't seen what's been said. Uh, I did watch Yarda against Spellman. Um, look, I think... You know, I think Povetkin, it was more of the one clean hard punch that KO'd him rather. He didn't take his sustained beating where Spellman was getting broken down steadily, methodically. Um, I thought, you know, he was, uh, you could see that Yard was starting to step it up. He had a good spirited effort, good go at it, uh, Spellman. But Yard always looked like, you know, he was jabbing the body. He was driving the shots in the body. He was chopping him down. He was breaking him down slowly. And it, so he was taking more punishment, I think, where, you know, Povetkin... Uh, landed some good shots, pro- predominantly to the body. Um, and then, you know, that one left uppercut, which was an absolute peach, it was a one-punch knockout. So, I suppose the... I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard what's been said, but I'm guessing the argument is, well, look, it was one punch. It wasn't a sustained beating. So, you know, look, I suppose you can argue either way. I believe, in the end, it's ended up being 28-day suspension for Dillian and a 45-day suspension for Deck. Your thoughts on kind of that now, now that I'm telling you that, Matt? Well, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the, you know, wins and that, why, why one's 28 and one's 45. You know, I don't, I don't know that. But, you know, look, 
Spalman wasn't KO'd. He wasn't concussed, was he? Where Dillian was concussed, he was knocked out cold. So, you know, you'd have to say on the surface, it's strange that Spellman got 45 days and Dillian got 28. It is, that is strange. Like I say, I don't know the medical why that is, but you, I, look, you, I didn't even know this. You just said it. Like, I, I, didn't, I don't know the situation on it. So I'm just giving you my gut reaction here, initial reaction. But yeah, you'd have to say that that's strange. Why would Dillian White get 28 days and Spellman get 45? doesn't make sense to me. Um, just on the fight itself, Matt, how much pressure is there on Dillian to be successful now? And is there any surprise, or are you surprised at all that Dillian's decided to go straight back in there? No, not really, because he was boxing so well. Um, you know, some people will say Povetkin was setting that shot up, which I suppose he was, in the sense that he was throwing plenty of left hooks to the body. And then when he dipped to his left, Dillian thought the left hook to the body was coming, and he didn't throw it to the body, he threw it up the middle. So, yeah, he was setting it up. But nonetheless... Dillian was controlling that fight. He was winning the fight. And he was controlling it. He was staying very tight defensively. He was picking his shots well. The straight right hands down the middle. His jabs really snapping the head back of Povetkin. And, you know, he had him down twice at the end of the fourth, the round previous to the, to the stoppage. So, you know, in terms of, if you're going to liken it to a game of football, the knockout came against the runner play. Dillian was in the driving seat. You know, that said, great shot by Povetkin. So... You know, I think if I was Dillian, I'd be kicking myself to think, oh, I got caught with that shot. I was boxing well. You know, whatever, you know, maybe he had to be a bit more patient, a bit more vigilant. Maybe he switched off a little bit. Like I say, Povetkin was certainly, that was a shot he was obviously setting up because he was throwing lots of body shots. Um, I don't know. Look, it's, 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 if he loses, you know, that is a big, there's no point dressing it up. If he loses again, it, it, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough for him. Consider, considering how long he's waited, you know, how long he was the, you know, should have got his world title shot. If he was to lose again, you know, it's not the end of the road for him. It's not like he's got to retire or anything, but it would be a sick enough for him. He would, he would, I think he'd be sick as a dog. and Because he, he does, you know, then, if he loses to Povetkin again, the rematch, he's, he's kind of at the back of the queue then. Just on that rematch between Dylan White and Povetkin, do you think we we will see or we need to see that kind of aggressive side to Dylan come out a bit more, but that more kind of animal instinct that we've seen, you know, in the past when he had him down in the fourth round twice, we'd have seen him jump on him and look to finish him. He was a lot more controlled this time round. Do you think we need to see that in him in a rematch? No, I don't think so. I thought he was boxing well. I think. Um... You know, you, you, you can't just rush in and steam into someone like Alexander Povetkin. You know, he carries serious power, as he proved again. You know, you, you know he hurt AJ. He, this guy's a top fighter, Olympic champion. He's 40 years old, but, you know, he's still going, isn't he? I mean, he got put down in one round, in his first round against Michael Hunter. It came back and fought his way to a draw. You know, he's still a good fighter, you know, and he can bang hard. So, you know, Dillian would be... Dillian, I thought Dillian approached the, right, the fight in the right way. He was uh, vigilant. He was switched on, focused, um, very tight defensively. Didn't give anything away. Picked his shots. You know, he, he took his time, and, and and it was paying dividends. He was he was doing really well. And like I say, he had scored the two knockdowns in round four. You know, he was he was doing the right thing. I think he just you know got caught with a great shot. It's a shot that Povetkin was certainly setting up. He was throwing body shots. So, you know, he, he, you just can't switch off. I mean, it was someone like Povetkin because he only takes one punch. 
final thing, Matt, just away from all, all the fights, just to get your thoughts on, it's obviously come out, I think it's just over a week or so ago, Canelo's taking legal action against the zone, Oscar De La Hoya, Golden Boy, and what have you, for a breach of contract. What do you make of that entire situation? Messy. Messy situation. You know, kind of slagging each other off all over social media, airing their dirty laundry publicly, just... Just a messy situation, I think. The, you know, without knowing all the information about the contracts, etc., it looks like you know the zone thought they were going to get the Golovkin trilogy. Uh, was that promised to them by Golden Boy? We don't know. You know, they're going to say it was. You know, Keller's going to say, "Well, why did you promise it? I didn't say that." You know, it's it's just a messy situation, isn't it? So. You know, they'll, you know, hopefully it gets wrapped up and gets, you know, an amicable, workable uh, solution because, you know, Canelo's biggest star in boxing and you don't want to see the biggest star in your sport sitting there idle. You want to see involved in big fights. On kind of the fighters fronts and who Canelo was rumoured to have kind of had to face in terms of a level for the zone and for everybody to be happy, was you surprised to hear that? You know, people thought that we would see the likes of you know Canelo versus some UFC fighters or Oscar De La Hoya even. You know, those those were the names that were being mentioned that you know the zone would class as kind of the elite fights to kind of have the right side to his agreement. Look, in, in you got boxing; it's a sport and it's a business. And you know, sometimes not necessarily the best fight is the one that is the best business. So you know, it's the it's the it's the big name like that. Most people know that'll tune in and watch the fight. That's so the TV company won that fight, the big fight. You know, we just want the, the great fights, the fans who want the best. We want to see Billy Joe Canelo, we want to see Callum Smith and Canelo. You know, does, does Callum Smith and Billy Joe move the needle, as they say, in America on subscriptions? I don't know. You know, you, I would have said, look, the, you know, they're surely going to be promoted and sold that way because they're both undefeated champions within super middleweight champions so you'd like to think that it could do um you know but they you know he's not about fighting some ufc guy look it's about money isn't it that's not gonna that's not gonna enhance canelo's boxing legacy might earn him a lot of money and it might get a lot of subscriptions for the zone but that's not gonna like strengthen his legacy within boxing fans but you know if he beats callum smith and beats billy joe that will Matt, we'll leave that there and I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you and I'm sure I will speak to you soon. Thank you for your time and thanks for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, Andy. Nice one.